What a day or what a week. You technically launched your NFT today. I did launch my first NFT. Wow. I made a poem, decided to mint it on OpenSea. So here it is. You, you want to hear it? Wait, but you're only, just to be clear, you only minted the text, not the audio recording. Of I it. only minted the text. Yes. If by popular request, people want me to turn this into a yes, song I audio can, version. Or, or a spoken word or audio version, I can run it back. You got to do it for the fans. <laughs> Maybe the one or want. two fans do that I have. For the community. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Are you ready? Let's do it. NFT Anthem. So what's the deal with these NFTs? You might have heard by now they're changing industries. NFTs represent identity. They're about community. They're a cryptocurrency that's more than just money. And they might make the world more of a democracy. NFTs are about sovereignty. They give artists, musicians, and athletes agency. They help connect creators directly to their fans to build their community. NFTs are Axie Infinity, the club crest of Angel City. They are the Gronkowski. They are the party round helpful VC that gets stored in a rainbow.me. NFTs are a non-fungible token. It's a contract that can never be broken. And it's blown the world wide, wide open. People want to own things. Now they can flex that PNG. But get this, now that picture has value. Who knew? Because it's a non-fungible token, so it can't be broken. There's only ever one of them. A unique digital asset, don't forget. That crypto punk? No, I'm not punch drunk. CP7523, COVID alien, just sold for 11.7 million. Axie just hit revenue in the billions. All these things that were accessible to the civilian. These tokens represent more than value. They make things accessible just to you. They give everything the potential to be an asset. Really puts companies and middlemen in for a reset. Unlike a painting or trading card, they're hard to counterfeit. No need to acquit. With the blockchain, we got computers that make commits. Humans are mimetic creatures. Some of us believe in Bitcoin and crypto as if we're preachers. We want to own what others own, says Rene Girard. Human desire is based on the desire of others with no regard. NFTs mean we can unlock the metaverse. Metaverse? Don't be so adverse. Remember, NFTs are about sovereignty. They allow us to own our own property. And that means we can believe, which breeds a thriving economy. And you know what? You can mint an NFT for free. So now, what's the deal with these NFTs? So powerful that I might have to go mint this poem on OpenSea. Yes. Yes. Self-referential too at the end there. That's good. <laughs> it is on OpenSea. That's right. <laughs> Excellent shout outs too. So what's the story here, man? You covered like the entire history of uh, NFTs this year. I, I felt like, look, to teach culture, I think you have to create culture. And that's what's so profound in all of this is that it's not just a financial asset, but it's actually a cultural movement that has been financialized. So people are buying all sorts of assets that they believe in in large part because of the power of the community. Musicians are minting NFTs of their albums. 
that are related to experiences that they may be offering to their fans, like backstage tickets or merch or whatever. And it's really the power of community that's making these cultural assets become financial assets and therefore becoming relevant to the community Mm. because you can now own these things and actually play a part in the success of somebody or something that you believe in. That I think is what's so profound. And when you think about it too, almost anything can become an asset because of these NFT minting platforms. Yes, there will be assets that have more value than others, but people can make any moment like NBA Top Shot has turned moments, original content that they take anyways because they film their games or they're live on TV and turning that into a moment that becomes an asset that people want to own. If it has provenance, so people know who own it. If it has rarity, there may only be a certain number of those moments that you can mint. And then people create a market around that based on the rarity of that moment, the player, what was done, the mimetic value of it effectively, something you talk about a lot. Love that good meme value. So I think that's where the power resides in all of this is that you can really financialize almost anything now. Yeah, dude. And and to wit, have you, uh, so you've put it up for auction at OpenSea. We're going to have to include the link so people can <laughs> bid on it. We are. I mean, if people want to bid have on we, it, for sure. What was the experience like minting? So it, it was interesting. So uh, there are two main platforms where you can mint that are just open to the general public. If you want to go on platforms more catered towards creators like foundation.app, you have to actually go through an approval process. I don't think I'm there yet. So <laughs> I went to OpenSea, but it was relatively easy. You have to upload your JPEG or, or your piece of work, and then you have to connect your wallet. In this case, I did use MetaMask because I've had a MetaMask wallet and a browser extension on MetaMask for a while. And then once you do that, you then have to go through this process, which is still a little bit clunky. And this is where I think some, another thing you talk about a lot, user experience. It still needs to get better. User experience. It took a little bit of time to actually mint the NFT because you have to have enough Ethereum in your MetaMask wallet that then you can pay for gas fees, which is basically the transaction fees on the network. So that costs money. That takes time. If you don't have enough Ethereum in your MetaMask wallet, which I didn't, I had to go to my Coinbase account, put ETH into my MetaMask wallet, then have enough money in my MetaMask wallet. So it's a little bit of a process. It's not completely seamless, but I think over time that will improve. And it wasn't terribly hard. I'd never minted anything before. I did a little bit of research on places like Reddit, actually, about Mm. what platform to use. Should I use OpenSea or Rarible and why and and all of that? But it was relatively easy given how early we are in the process of building out this cultural revolution that is NFTs. Look, you got to live it. I'm very self-conscious about it because I I know I need to do one at, (laughs) at some point. It's just the first one has to... It's got to hit properly, but so I'm glad I get to live vicariously through you and doing this. What would you mint as your first NFT? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the first draft of the Reddit alien. Ah, was that something that you drew? Yeah. Wait, that's the whole story. I created it while I was bored in class my senior year at UVA. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And given that the sort of modernized ones, Reddit's created a few of them. I think they're like the floor is like 100 ETH on them. So my hope is. The original one could be, uh, I mean, I assume people would want that. 
Do you have that? Do you still have that original drawing in that notebook? It's so I don't have the drawing, but I have the PaintShop Pro generated PNG file that I created when I first digitized it. Okay, well, we got to see that in public. (laughs) Well, I've tweeted about it in the past. I've talked about it in the past. I think there's even a replication of it in my book. But that's not the real that's not the real file isn't the real thing. Yeah, which is pretty, it, it's wild that we even think about that stuff now. But yeah, that's that's there. So let's talk about that point though. So there are other versions of this that you said floor is 100 ETH for context. That's about, that's $300,000 or more. For a modern SNOO avatar on OpenSea. So like they, they sold like four custom designed crypto SNOOs, they're called. The most expensive one was bought for 175. Okay, 175 ETH at, ETH price is around 3300 bucks right now. So close to $580,000. Why do you think people are willing to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars in the case of crypto punks, people, for JPEGs, effectively? What is so powerful about that? Art has historically been one of the densest stores of value in history. A piece of paper with ink on it can be worth hundreds of millions of dollars if the right person made it and enough people think it's worth that. And so this is the digital representation of that paper because it allows for the provenance, it allows for all that stuff. The the reason why it has grown as quickly as it has is because culture has always been bottom up, but we've forced it into a top-down model for thousands of years of, of sort of modern history, maybe a thousand years of modern human history. And that's why I use the example of the Mona Lisa all the time because it, it, no one cared about it until it got stolen, until it became a meme around Paris. And then people said it was the most important work of like Western civilization. So because of social media, it now happens in real time. It happens very quickly worldwide. And you have an audience that is fired up and has money, digital currency, that they want to see become more valuable. And as a store of value, you're not just seeing this as art, as like a store of value in a sense of community. It's also one more sort of vote of confidence for digital currency. If you really believe in ETH, one great way to store it is in a great store of value like art that lots of people think is special and has provenance and all that stuff. Just like if you get out of the dollar fiat mindset, you would do it on a Basquiat. So is that what makes any sort of digital NFT so powerful is that there is now provenance? Say we did not have an ability to track who created the original Reddit logo or somebody could then just take that logo, Mm -hmm. say they created it and then sell it. Mm-hmm. You've talked about crypto punks. You've talked about bored apes. You've talked about pangus. Mm-hmm. You're a trader of all of those things yeah. at this point, or an investor. So <laughs> it's just more fun to say yes. pangu. Well, trader. buyer. I don't think I've. I don't think I've sold any of them. Love love being a pangu trader, right? Or a cool cat, or a cool cat aficionado. Because um, <laughs> we could never have said that we were pangu traders on Wall Street, but. Is that really what's so powerful about all of this when you're actually creating and minting the original? Because there will always be provenance that that is the original. It's still going to be subject to massive fluctuations in price. We're definitely in a bull market right now for it. But the technology is not going to disappear. And it's already battle tested. And I, I believe in it. So it's working. The damn thing is working. <laughs> There's clearly value in crypto art 
or, or digital art, just like there is in physical art. And that can manifest itself in artwork, sports cards, poems, although debatable how valuable mine is. Uh, but there's real value in that, as there is in the, the traditional physical world. Now, those assets don't have utility. But there are a number of NFTs that do have some form of utility. If we think about gaming, if we think about virtual world, how do we think about the hierarchy of value within the NFT ecosystem when it comes to NFTs that have utility versus NFTs that are just collectibles and may not have utility? I need to hire a few analysts just to do this research to either dispute or support my hypothesis. But I think of it as layers. And the more layers you can put onto the tech and the art effectively, the better. And so, you know, just art like beauty is one layer where this is aesthetically pleasing. Community is another layer. That one actually unlocks other layers. But like, is there a group of people rooting for this thing to exist? that feel a sense of shared identity. Let's unpack that because what you're getting at is I think one of the questions that if this can be unlocked, it actually will help people understand how to invest into all sorts of these community-driven assets and value them, which is mm. how do you value community in that regard? And how do you know whether or not there is a strong community behind this and that will have staying power? That's very subjective. This is the one where I would like some more data. I bet you could do, you could look at some stuff to get a sense of it, but right now it's pretty subjective. You could look at follower counts, you could look at engagement on Discord, you could look at members of a Discord, you could look at you know different communities on all the different social networks, number of comments proposed. There's a bunch of stuff you could sort through to try to get a number on it. If anyone, probably Comsor is going to come up with it first, but that that's still highly subjective, but there's layers on that. And then you get into utility where... What does this thing unlock? Does this get you access? V Friends, I think, did a great job showcasing what utility could look like, where Gary V has built out this really strong following. And V Friends, I guess, unlocks access to different conferences or conventions or his V cons, whatever, or FaceTime with Gary or a video call with Gary, that sort of thing. But you're not going to unsee those experiences. And they're just going to keep getting better and better, which is pretty dope. So, is that where you think the value of NFTs really goes is to NFTs that have more utility value? Say you're playing within the game of Axie and there is utility from those tokens. If you are playing in that virtual world, it makes sense to actually own Axies if you actually are able to utilize those tokens in game or in a metaverse too. There's going to be a virtual world at some point where people are taking their crypto art and then could they make it a utility? Like say, hey, I'm going to live in a virtual world. I'm going to have my CryptoPunk and I'm going to showcase that where it can be used as currency to, I own a CryptoPunk. It's my avatar. I can use that to get into a virtual club in some virtual metaverse. And is that where there's the ability to create utility value out of those tokens in a way that it's not just speculative value, which feels like that's a lot of what's happening now is... People are buying these assets. They think there's some value there, but the reality is it's just a form of art, which again, the Mona Lisa has value. If you own the original Mona Lisa, there's value in that. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. So it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it feels like there's a distinction between collectibles versus NFTs with real utility value. Yes. Collectibles still have staying power. It's just the, the it's a much more, not subjective, it's much more fickle because it's much more like art. And, and so that's why the more layers you can build on with community, if all you're doing is making pretty stuff, then your unfair advantage is building on more layers of support and value for the community. And so it starts with being active in the Discord. This is all the stuff that I did for 10 years of my life, from 21 starting Reddit to even almost pretty recently, like being the first community manager on Reddit, building community there on this community platform at a time when it was still a pretty new thing and then convincing people that this is how you create value in the modern world. It's amazing. It feels like deja vu because I'm having these conversations that I had 15 years ago and everyone thought it was weird. And so I feel really fortunate to, to be in the position that I'm in now because it's so clearly coming to fruition in such a big, big way. You mentioned the power of community, which I think we both believe in, and that if we believe that content and distribution are king, if you can distribute to a massive community, you have power. That's why I think we're seeing cultural trends like athletes and creators become part of investing in companies or they create their own assets. Tom Brady has his own NFT platform and a number of athletes are now minting NFTs through that and distributing those NFTs. And because they have these built-in communities of fans already, they accrue the benefits and the value of having these engaged communities. Mm -hmm. So do you think that NFTs are a movement that really benefit the haves and not the have-nots as much. So is it... No, I think the have-nots have such an unfair advantage of time and giving a damn. If you actually look at the top projects, what is it, Crypto Slam? What do we see? Do we see Pokemon from Nintendo of America? No, we see Axie Infinity. Incumbents suck at adapting to new technology. And... I went to Blizzard Activision. They asked me to give a talk about Reddit. This is like four years ago. And I used my time to tell them about Ethereum and to try to convince them because their, their IP is so beloved to build something on the Ethereum blockchain. They already have a very popular game called Hearthstone, which is a trading card game, the style of magic, a very obvious thing to do on Web3. And talking to executives, who, who were just like, oh, that sounds kind of cool, whatever, and obviously didn't do anything. And look, my job wasn't to come there and help them figure out how to future-proof. My job was just to entertain them about stories about building Reddit. But you could literally have someone who has a pretty good amount of credibility, I will say, <laughs> bringing them on a platter a plan to make the business way more successful, way more effective, and be ready for this seismic sea change, and it gets discarded. So like, what chance does the junior developer have at trying to run up the flagpole? Zero. And so at the end of the day, I think it's actually a disadvantage in a lot of ways to have the complacency of a large organization. I do think athletes that have a following have some advantage, but it, it's less about how big the following is and more about how serious they're investing in making the project a success. Are they hiring a team for community? It's like starting any business. Yes, Shopify lets anyone start a storefront. Can any athlete that has a huge following start a storefront? Yes. Will they all be successful? No. 
Why won't they be successful? Some of them executed poorly. And so that's the gift and the curse of having success is also complacency. So on that point, I think you're also hitting on the topic of authenticity. How do creators who want to build and create communities around NFTs, which are now financial assets, they are monetizing Mm. from these assets they are creating and distributing to their fans, either existing or new. How do they do that in an authentic way where it doesn't just look like they are trying to make money off their fans because now they can? It's it's about keeping it 100. Like no one... That's our our saying. You know, (laughs) the the Board of Yacht Club was... I don't know what the origin story is, just some creators who wanted to make a cool thing and made it. I don't think anyone begrudges them for making a lot of money in the last few months because they feel like they know them. They feel like they've earned it because they've spent the time. Like authenticity in a lot of ways is just time invested. It's being in the Discord. I have to remind myself how obvious this is to me because that's the only way Reddit gets built. It's spending hours every waking hour on Reddit, responding to comments, even when people are like, you're an asshole, you messed up, and doing it in a positive, encouraging, turn the other cheek kind of way, and going to hundreds of meetups all over the world. It's doing the work, and it's making human connections. It's community building, just like it was when it was a bunch of us huddled around a campfire. It's the same thing. What is required in that is effort, it's giving a dams, it's time. I think most people just want the end result, They don't want to do the work. Look, there's tons of cash grab NFT things that are happening that are going to continue to happen. But I I would always encourage folks, if they're looking to get into this, obviously find things that please you aesthetically and that you think are interesting and cool or whatever. But then also look to the community of people who are actually a part of that. Spend the time on the Discord. um, Do all those things. And then decide, okay, this is something I want to be a part of. And then for the folks who want to get them started, don't just make something and put it out there, be prepared to invest in it. Just like if you were to spin up a Shopify tomorrow, if it looked like a piece of crap, if there was terrible content on it, if no one was minding the store, what would happen? Would you become a billionaire overnight? No. And how dare you think that you could or should or deserve to? And it's the exact same thing here, except it's community building as much as it is creating content. So really, it's just that the medium is different. It's that it's an NFT versus a Shopify storefront. Yeah. Or, you know, it's a t-shirt or a canvas. It's it's an animal skin canvas or some paper from Michael's. It's just, those are the raw materials on which to create something. And I think it's going to be wild to watch this continue unfold. I'm really excited by seeing a lot of people having a lot of success who, who put in the work, who put the time in. It does also unlock, to your point, the unknown artist to be found. I I spent a lot of time on Rarible and on OpenSea just going Mm. through all these different NFTs that have been minted and people have put on there. And it's just fascinating to see. There's some people who, like, who knows? They may not be well-known, but if they get the right amplification or right community around what they're doing, who's to say that they can't become the next big artist or creator, which that does feel like it unlocks something really special. Maybe it's not, to your point, anything new, but it's just the combination of all these forces. I don't think we can ignore the power of social media in all of this as a form of distribution. But if you can get distribution through those platforms and create something 
who's to say that you can't actually, to your point, build a very strong community? I look, uh, dude, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a true believer in it, man. So on that point, how on earth did something like Board Ape Yacht Club become a thing? What is the blueprint for why Board Ape Yacht Club worked and why my boring bananas haven't really increased in value? Do you have boring bananas? Is that a thing? I do have a boring banana because I just wanted to buy some and it looked kind of cool. Like, why not? And it's not the price of a Bored Ape Yacht Club. It's a cool little banana. Well, why? Okay. So it's boring as opposed to bored, which is clearly derivative of Bored Ape. So like it already loses a little bit of its cool factor because it's so obviously copying. No, no offense, boring bananas. But like if I'm trying to break down why that's less exciting, right? It's already derivative, but like everything's a remix, but this is, it's more obviously a remix. That automatically is going to have an effect on the people it attracts. Because if you know about Board Ape Yacht Club, you're going to, which presumably the thought leaders of NFTs do, they're going to look at that and automatically discount it. So it's probably going to not attract the kind of collectors you want in, out the gate. So now you're counting on a community that doesn't know about Board Ape which is possible, we're still in the early days, finding this and still thinking it's great. But you're already basically shooting yourself in the foot right out, out the gate. My, my boring banana is only 0.01 ETH. So it's like 33 bucks. <laughs> it should have been an excited banana. It was a very um, <laughs> easy price conscious purchase, but it's not a board Ape Yacht Club. But, I feel you. And who knows, maybe this will spark the, the run of boring bananas because there's only so many bananas in the world. There you go. Bananas are great fruits. They potassium. They're great they're recovery fruits for after workout. I mean, and if they have good designs, you know, why not? But when it comes to the, the initial phases of Bored Ape Yacht Club, what was it about Bored Apes that got people so excited early on? We saw this stuff on Twitter early on, people starting to say, oh, this is really cool. And then that started to create buzz around it. But early days, why was it Bored Ape Yacht Club that made it and the board Ape kennel club didn't make it as as much well i mean the kennel club is a you would you only get to generate a dog if you had an ape and then opened it in a window like minted it within a certain window i think if you're long board ape yacht club you'd also be pretty long kennel club okay because their existence is tied to a board ape and they're more scarce it definitely is a little bit you know it when you see it too it's kind of like early stage investing. You just kind of see it. And then you're also in a way betting on the actual creators themselves, the people behind the project who are building this stuff or doing this stuff. You're expecting them to continue to be successful and make more art and thus increase the value of your original. So there's layers on it for sure. I guess that's part of the magic of collecting anything. What do you think the skill sets are going to be for figuring out which projects are the ones that are going to be successful? Is it that of an early stage investor. You mentioned that it's similar to venture. Mm. You start to get a feel when you're in the market enough. You know it when you see it. Obviously, there's some element of pattern recognition. And there's probably as much art as there is science at early stage venture, but you have to see enough to know enough yeah. in a sense. Or is it really more of like a trader mentality? Somebody who can spot value, know when to get in, know when to get out, and when the crowd starts to get really excited about Because there were a lot of traders who made money on Doge or AMC or GameStop because they have a trading mentality? Or is it somebody completely outside of the world of finance? Somebody who loves culture, loves art? What's that skill set? Yeah, it's more that I think anyone who's 
who's had to train the muscle of being able to identify with intuition early, like before everyone else, if something is going to work is helpful. So I think the early stage investing thing helps. And then I think anyone else who's exercised those muscles of intuition and community. So those could be community managers. Those could be, I think, art curators. I think there's probably a way to do it with data. But by definition, if you're going to be early, there's not going to be much data to use. And so you're going to have a lot of noise. Those are the, I think those are the muscles that I would lean into. We've talked a lot about financial literacy and educating people from a young age. And there are platforms that have unlocked that. There's the kind of unfiltered social media platforms. Lulu's mentioned she's learned finance from TikTok, as have other young people. There's more right. curated platforms. Our, our apprentice. When you talk about like building the muscle for identifying cultural trends, this is probably something that's not even really taught in school, but would be cool if there was ways to do it. As I was writing all this stuff and starting to create content, I really thank my teachers for letting me experiment and do creative writing and helping you build that muscle in a constrained enough way where you have to learn, but an unconstrained enough way where you can actually just be free and, and do it. It feels like younger people have so much opportunity ahead of them to figure this stuff out because they are digital natives. Yeah, They interact with each other in different ways than our generations and generations who are older than us did. So how can people actually build this muscle so that they can be successful Pengu traders in the future or whatever it is at spotting. I'm, I'm being a little facetious, but really what it is, is like spotting cultural trends early. Gosh, I don't know. I should run this course. We should do a thing. I don't, I don't know what it looks like. It's being observant. It's trying to get in early and build your book. Just like it would be, how do I break into venture? We'll make angel investments in good companies and get a good track record. I think it's the same thing. And what's exciting is, remember what I said at jump, the, the biggest barrier to entry is time. That is an incredibly empowering thing because people all have 24 hours in the day and it actually levels the playing field in a really interesting way. It, it, it is to the advantage of the young in a way that's really, really interesting because I think the vast majority of folks when they are younger have fewer commitments and responsibilities and lots of time. And generally speaking, the value of their time is priced very low. I know I made like two bucks an hour at the Pizza Hut. I was a server, so it was below minimum wage. But that's a lot of time for not a lot of money. With tips, I did fine. But that math is now under siege. And, and that's why Axie Infinity is going to become, I think, one of the biggest employers in a lot of countries. It's not even an employer. One of the biggest empowerers of entrepreneurship in many countries and many places where time is not valued properly. And so I would say if you want to be a future Pengu trader, and you have the time, uh, or maybe you do have a hobby, or maybe you just spend a lot of your free time binge watching Netflix. If you're serious about it, then that time spent binge watching Netflix should be invested here. Um, because that's the only way I think you're going to be able to do it well. Basically, what you're saying is that these platforms and access to this information is putting employers under threat because you're creating entrepreneurs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. You can do it all without their permission. Ah, there you go. Book. I got to get my book up here. No. Th th that's a reference to the book. After, after rewrite, second edition uh, will be the entire, will be the crypto edition of the book. And I'll put it on door. I'll put it on OpenSea. <laughs> that, that might actually <laughs> fetch a pretty high floor price. Oh, man.
Uh, it's a good good start. Um, but this is good, man. This is going to be a good one. I gotta I gotta jump because I need to prep for this next little ditty. 